Hey, it's Jose Galison, and this is No Way Jose. You can find me on the No Way Jose YouTube channel. I'm also on the, all the major podcatchers on Odyssey as well. Today, my guest is Dave Smith. Uh, right now, if you're watching this on the 8th, then you are a patron, or you're watching on Twitter, because uh, I do send it to Twitter. But this is for patrons only, basically. In a week or so, it'll be released for Gen Pop. Um, yeah, uh, it will also, the following day, go up on, or not the following day, like right after the stream, it'll go up on Odyssey. So if you don't want to be a patron, go to Odyssey. Because uh, we're, you know, not long destined for YouTube. So it's good to start moving people over there. Um, you know, for uh, for my uh, Patreon, it's patreon.com. So it's no way Jose 2020. The lowest level is two bucks. That gets you the live stream. Uh, watch the episodes early. The highest is 20. And that's like the sponsor level where I read them off for every episode. So for that, I have uh, CD McRae of the Whiskey and Tea podcast. Jermaine Vincent. Uh, I have at SpaceCat2K on Twitter if you want to follow him. And then I also have Jacob Winograd of the Daniel 3 Biblical Anarchy podcast. Today, the topic I wanted to focus on was just masculinity in general. I know it's a vague topic, but it's kind of being a man and what all that entails. So I think it's an important topic to cover. Um, real quick, I'm going to go through the plugs of the, all the Tower Gang people because uh, I'm going to start trying to do that more often to, to help, you know, kind of rising tide builds up all ships type thing. Uh, for Tower Gang, next uh, Monday on the 13th, So, because I know there's a time warp of podcasting, we're going to have Flat Dave, Flat Earther on. Uh, the following week, we're going to have Crip Daddy on, who's a cripple comedian, and he's fucking hilarious. Uh, so <laughs> that'll, be a, that'll be a good one. And uh, the following week, I just talked to Dave before this, uh, we will have, uh, I believe it's on Thursday, that Thursday of the last week of December, we will have him on for Tower Power Hour. This will be a year in review, so it'll be good. Yeah, I, I see you, Sam. Yeah, I, I, my allergies are acting up today. Luckily, uh, you know, Dave ain't quite uh, Scott Horton, you know, talking, but he's up there. So I think uh, it'll be mostly like a 2080 type situation, so you don't have to listen to my nasally voice the whole time. Um, but yeah, then you got Reed uh, this week. Uh, he has on this coming Sunday, the 12th, he has uh, Four Horsemen with Mike Rivera. And the following weekend, he has uh, Mar Maria Farner, who is an Epstein victim. So that's a big one. That's going to be really fucking cool. Uh, then Clint is dropping tomorrow, the 9th, his Jake Shields uh, episode. He's saying it might only put it on Odyssey. He hasn't decided yet. So go to Odyssey once again. Because, uh, yeah, he's a... Uh, because I guess they went went pretty hard on the tranny stuff. So uh, I guess he's like, don't want to get nuked off YouTube. Which, fair enough. Uh, also, go check out Top Lobster. Uh, Toplobster.com. Use Jose at checkout for 10% off. Uh, he just recently, me and all the Tower Gang homies kind of worked together. And, you know, now you're going to see a different layout. And we're going to all kind of group together. So, uh, and it's, go check it out. You, you'll see what I mean. It's really cool. Uh, and with that, let's go stop fucking around and bring in Dave. What's up, dude? What's up, brother? <laughs> much, man. Uh, fucking excited to have you on. Uh, a little, I think I had a little too much coffee. It was a little, uh, between like the allergies and then like obviously like having you on again, not to sound like gay or anything. It's a little bit of nervousness, you know, that like pre-show jitters. I don't get it as much now. Like, Do you have I'm allergies like, in the wintertime? I, I have, I actually have, I'm allergic to cats, which is oh, people are going to laugh because I'm a, I'm actually a cat breeder. Which yeah, I'm I've, not seen sure you post, I've seen you post <laughs> pictures of them and shit. Yeah. Wow. Okay. But yes, which it normally is not an issue because uh, they're, they're hairless cats. So they have less dander. But every now and then it flares up. Uh, you know, I got to take some allergy meds, and I'm also really bad about consistently taking allergy meds. That's where my wife comes in. If I wasn't married, I'd probably never take allergy pills and just always be like, "I'm fine." Uh, but that's what a wife is for. It's like, take your fucking pills. <laughs> yeah, literally, that is. Dude, I think I'm gonna fucking. I think I'm gonna have to get a cat because my daughter's like so into cats. She loves my my mother in law's cat. And she's always like every show with a cat and sticker with a cat and everything like that. And I am just 
enough allergic to cats that it's annoying, but mm. not enough to justify not getting my precious little girl a cat if she really wants one. You know what I mean? So you're just yeah. like right in that zone where you're like, I guess I just have to be uncomfortable for the rest of my life. I think that's my future. Right. Well, I, we'll see. I, I, I will say I'll offer you a solid deal. <laughs> I don't want uh, your weird freak hairless cats. It sounds ridiculous. Uh, they actually legit for you. Gotta think they're for one. You said you have allergies, so it's like yeah. there's reduced dander there. Uh, two, they're actually way more friendly because one, they're domesticated. Two, they've been hairless from birth, so they're like cold. So I know, that, like, uh, my wife likes to act like there's something special, but I'm like, dude, motherfuckers were born cold, so of course they like people. Like they're cuddling all right, the time. Right. So so yeah, far as cuddling, like, they're great. Yeah. I feel like my daughter's gonna be like, I wanted a cat, not this demon that you sent <laughs> over here. I don't know. Anyone we've ever had to get them loves them. And I actually was not a cat person right. until my wife sold me on these. And then, then you know, a few years later, we were breeding them. So, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, obviously all of that I, I gets reported to the IRS. But <laughs> oh, <geez>. uh, <laughs> shit, I probably should say on a smaller episode, but whatever. Um, so, I like I said, I kind of wanted to bring you on for to talk about like masculinity and uh, it kind of works out too. I just had on Monday, I had my, uh, my 10-year anniversary. So, it's like, Congratulations. And I think, appreciate it. And I, I know we've talked before and uh, like everyone knows I'm like the agorist type or whatever. So we have disagreements, you know, when it comes like, you know, what to do politically, whatever. But to me, that I don't, that's not that big of a deal. But like, I actually think what's most important about you is the example you provide to men, to young men. Um, and it, it's kind of funny for me because I've been a fan of your show for a long time. So I was already married when you were getting married. And I already had kids when you had kids. But it was kind of cool to see that. I do think that's like really great that that is like something being seen. And there is also something too that like people know of your prior debauchery or, <laughs> you know, and then even then your current like you are a you're an edgy comedian. So there, there's something that. But on the other hand, you're a you know, you're a dad, you're you're a husband, you're you know, like you're all these things. And I think that's a really great example for you know men in general, no matter what you want to do. Um, and, and in a way, I think it's actually kind of almost more important than libertarianism in general. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of overlap. Uh, they're both very important. But I mean, I, I, I don't know. I guess I can't really think of anything much more important than being a good man so far as being a man, you know? So oh, I don't yeah. know if you have anything to riff on that. <laughs> well, I think it's I, – I agree with you. I think it's way more important. I mean, yeah. there's there's nothing more important. I mean, look – don't get me wrong. Like I've been able to like, you know, introduce a lot of these, these ideas to, to a decent amount of people. And we always hope, I, I don't think that there's like no value in all of us, what we do. I think there's real value in talking about the truth and, and talking about ideas that really matter. And, and, and I, I, I hate when people downplay that because it's like, if you're downplaying how important ideas are, you're really missing something about the arc of history and, and how things happen and all of that. But I mean, the idea that there's even a competition between what's more important, me like, you know, like loving my wife and my little girl and my little boy or what I say I believe. I mean, I, I don't even know what, you know, like so many people who we know are like, you know, in, in the libertarian world who are really like not very good people. I mean, they can say, I believe in the non-aggression principle. It's like, okay, but that takes nothing. You're just saying you believe in this. What is that? But to actually like, you know, all this whole thing, this whole civilization game 
is based on people making more people. And if you can make more people and make them like pretty good, decent people, that's way more, like way more important than any of this other shit to me. And I would say that I think, um, I think we would probably both agree that within the libertarian world, there's a little bit of a deficiency in that, you know, like people yeah. could use a little bit more of that. Like there, this kind of, you know, the idea of thin libertarianism, which was something that I always subscribed to, I've kind of realized there, it, it's kind of elusive. Like it doesn't really exist. No one really is just a libertarian and doesn't add any baggage with that. Like no one doesn't. And even the, the libertarian party, right? They have this, this uh, plank where essentially they're defending freedom of association. But even before they do that, they have to say, look, we condemn bigotry as irrational and repugnant, but we do think you have a right to do whatever you want to do. Right. And, and, yeah. and I'm not even against that. I think, honestly, I think most of us wouldn't have been against that in the 70s or the 80s or the 90s or even in 2004 or whatever it'd be like yeah none of us are bigots we don't like bigotry sure that's not good like no matter and, and this is a weird disconnect but it's like no matter what jokes i make on legion of skanks or whatever jokes you make on the tower power hour if there was a business who was like we won't serve brown people me and you would both be like holy shit like that is an awful thing to do you know like no one's like on the side of awful racism but it's just right now in the moment that we live in there's this mass hysteria about all of this shit like accuse uh, uh, like everyone sees nazis under every rock and racists everywhere and all this so when you say stuff like that it kind of hits as like like if the libertarian party just tweets we condemn racism you're like what are you just like a bitch are you just like complete? Are you just bending the knee to the mob or even worse, like validating the mob? Like, what is this? And so I'm. it's not even that I disagree with the message. It's just like, well, if we're going to add shit that has nothing to do with libertarianism, how about like we support like families staying together and we support like raising your kids with love and affection and attention how about we support like men who do the right thing and stay with you know what i mean like i just like why why are we if we're just going to pick one thing why can't we pick that and, and you notice once you see this that so many libertarians have these these kind of like added in values a lot of times that they haven't even justified it's just like a given like of course this has to be a part of it too and I'm like, if if we're going to pick anything, I would say like, yeah, nothing's more important than family. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure as, as you've, you know, because uh, you have a beautiful family and I've seen I've seen you post your, the pictures and stuff. And like, I just feel like for me, like I was already kind of like a somewhat public person before I settled down and got married and all this. And it's almost like I think I would be I would be a dick if I didn't talk about it. It's like if you saw the best movie you've ever seen in your life and then someone was like, oh, how was that movie? And you were like, oh, you know, whatever. It's like, well, why wouldn't you tell them? Why wouldn't you tell them what a great movie this is? You know, why wouldn't you like if everyone's hungry and you found food and there's more than enough for everyone, why wouldn't you be like, hey, there's food over there? Go, hey, everyone, come on. And whatever fun anyone thinks they're having in life it's like ma'am there is just nothing the real fun stuff is like watching your kids grow up there's just nothing better than that and 
Which that makes a good segue to a point I want to touch on because I'm not going to lie. I'm a little jealous of you right now because my kids are older. Uh, I have an 11-year-old and I have a 9-year-old. So, like, I'm not going to lie. Me and the wife have been kind of back and forth, baby crazy. And when I say that, like, everyone has this, like, perception of, like, the woman being, like, the baby crazy. I am baby crazy as well. I mean, like, I know it sounds gay, but it's like you do (laughs) see babies and you're like, oh, like. And you know there's this, like, cognizant part of you that's, like, they're paying the ass. But like, and, and even then, like, but that's, and also you remember like going through it and like, I, I feel like you were doing good. Like, it seems to me that you really do appreciate the moment, but I mean, maybe I was younger and I just didn't soak in it as much, or maybe it's just like a nostalgia thing, but I really do like now I'm like, fuck, man, I really wish I enjoyed those times more, you know? Cause I, like, I, yeah, <laughs> I try, I try my best, dude. I try my best, especially cause like my, my daughter just turned three and then I got a newborn, like a two month old. and. It's I've really this time around with him trying to be like, dude, just enjoy every moment because look and and I'm I, it's this weird thing where you're like, I'm aware that I'm in the moment and I know that later I'm just going to miss this moment. So you're like, just try to just soak it up and enjoy this moment so much. But as my daughter just turned three, I mean, I was getting like choked up putting her to bed on her birthday. Because it's like I'm sitting there and I'm just all day long. I've been playing with her all day long. We did all this special special stuff. And I'm looking at pictures of her and like at when she was one, when she was two. And it's like this thing where you're like, oh, she'll never be one again. She'll never be two again. And now she'll never be three again. You know what I mean? Like I'm just – you know you're in this moment. It's like holding water in the palm of your hand. You know you can't hold on to this for long. And it's such a thing you just want to like – Oh, I just wish I could like, uh, you know, just, just, yeah. you know, uh, I think Scott Horton said this to me once where he goes, you wish you could clone your kid at every age and just keep him at that age forever. Like, I wish I could just have a one-year-old version of my daughter and a two-year-old version and a three-year-old version and like forever, you know, yeah. but it is uh yeah, dude, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I remember it and I was never like this until I had kids, but after I had my daughter, just you you become almost like you just love little babies. I, when I was up at pork fest where I, I met toad uh, for the first time up at yep. pork fest and a whole bunch of other, you know, great people were up there. And I was really, I remember I was just like really missing my, my wife and my daughter. And there were like other babies up there. I was just coming up and like, I would never have been like this before <laughs> I had kids, but there were other babies and I'm like, hello, you like, how's everybody doing? And like, and then I was just missing her. And then I'd yeah. go FaceTime with my daughter and just like, it's, uh, it, it messes with you, man. And yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's not just the, it's not just women who want the next one. I would, I believe me, I, I, I want like 10 more. Like, yeah. I really do. Yeah, I know. It's only just a reasonable part of me is like, I can't afford another kid right now. Like, yeah. no. But you're like, well, may- maybe I could. No, you can't. No. Well, I don't know. But like, yeah, you're I don't, so even... doing math. You're like, what if I sell crack? If I sell crack, <laughs> I think I could bring in at least an extra 20K yeah. a year. That'll take us through. The... This is getting a little, little niche. But I still to this day will find myself sometimes when I'm standing like this because I stand why podcast. I feel like it helps dissipate nervous energy. Not everyone does. I'm one of the few people I know who does that, but I still find Robbie myself. Robbie loves sometimes. to do that. Oh, yeah. It does it. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It just it keeps me kind of more alert. But anyways, my point of getting it is even now, like, you know, a decade later after having my kids, like I still find myself like doing this swaying motion when I'm standing sometimes yeah. and not even realizing it from like with anyone who's had kids knows that's usually like you kind of have to like rock them to sleep. And so mm-hmm. like you end up having that little sway thing. And 
I don't know. That's it is funny for like it 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 still goes away slowly, but it never goes away completely. And it's like it's almost like you're missing a part of yourself. And my kids have gone to the age to where like I can't even carry them to bed anymore. I mean, I can, but it's like kind of like carrying my wife to bed. (laughs) (laughs) You're just proving a point. Like this isn't even this isn't necessary. You're like you're doing it to do it, and you're like, and this is pretty painful. Like I don't really want to be doing this. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. It is. It, yeah. I'm the same way with babies. I go baby crazy. I mean, there is like a part of you that's like really wants to be, can I hold it? Can I want to put it? But you're like, well, don't be a fag. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I, the point I was kind of driving out here, though, is like to tie this into masculinity. I know you just had your recent situation with your son, and it really reminded me a lot of situations I have in my life. Because I mean, my children have never had medical issues, but I have my wife has had medical issues. She's a. Uh, She's had epileptic issues and she's had hyperthyroidism issues before where there were a few times I was legitimately worried about her that like I might not have a wife anymore. And there are these moments where like as a family you go through, which I feel like they really make you realize the importance of masculinity. And like there because I know you grow up, you know, like I even just now was like, don't be a fag. And like, obviously, some people say that's toxic masculinity, but that is kind of in a weird way born, in my opinion somehow out of nature to some extent like i'm not saying men should never expose their feelings but i think there is merit to the reason why most men are raised to be guarded of their feelings because we need to have emotional maturity as men for when situations like these appear and then once again this is not at all criticizing anyone's lifestyle whether they be gay or lesbian or whatever and they don't have the male female but i do think there is something to the male female you know this dichotomy that has occurred throughout nature throughout millennia and it's kind of brought us to where we are now. Cause I mean, like yeah. I remember hearing you tell your story and it was like, I know what it feels like to be like destroyed inside and having to put on a solid face for your wife, kids, whatever, what have you, because someone needs to have their head on straight in the situation. Yeah. And I, I think there was something weirdly beautiful about that. That illustrates like the importance of man. Uh, I don't know if you have anything to go with that. Cause I, I don't know. Well, I think in, you know, I think in a lot of ways, so much of this stuff is like lost wisdom that it only in our generation of such extraordinary wealth compared to previous generations, would this even need to be argued or even need to be put out there as like a controversial point when in in previous generations, just because they didn't have the wealth and resources that we have, this would be so obvious like you couldn't even deny it. I mean like what like what if like um I don't know. What if like a couple of guys break into my house tonight and are trying to kill my entire family? What am I supposed to do? Send my wife to go grapple with them? Or like am I supposed to take a shot at it? Like what are are you telling me there's no gender role in that situation? There's nothing that would be expected of a man that maybe just because I'm like, you know, I I don't know, like a a a six foot two like man and she's like a five foot four woman that maybe I should be the one who who tries to handle the situation. And yes, okay, so we have some machinery that can help with that. And by the way, she's pretty good with that. But still, I'm just saying like, obviously there are situations where we would, this would just be so clear. And so I think that, you know, through the, the gen, and this is like kind of the big myth of, of modern feminism that the reason why men had the role they had and women had the role they had was because of sexism. When the reality is that the reason that men had the role they had and women had the role they had was because of nature. And that's just a fact. 
Like it's it's an absolute fact that cannot be argued reasonably. I mean, if you if you want to go like go to the year, you know, whatever, go go to the year eighteen uh, uh, eighty, and tell me you're going to institute like genderless norms, right? Like, how would that work? You would be like, well, okay, like right now it's a, it's a completely agricultural society and, um, or at least 80, 90% agricultural society. And, um, you know, we're, we're, what are we going to do? You know, there's, as factories start being created and there's all this farming work and then people start moving in the cities to like do this, there's like this backbreaking agricultural work, really tough, brutal farm work. Women are having multiple kids. Kids are dying in, in childbirth and dying in young age of diseases that are completely preventable now. So what's going to happen? What are, you, what are you telling me? Women are going to go do the backbreaking work while they're getting pregnant seven times over 15 years. And what, men are going to stay home with the kids? Like, none of this makes sense. It doesn't, it, it's just, of course not. Of course, there's a role for men and there's a role for women. Now, this has changed a lot. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't re-question some of this and go, okay, well, now, I mean, if you're working in a cubicle, it's a little bit different. And if you're only having a couple kids, it's a little bit different. But that doesn't mean it all goes away. And yeah, like, there is there there are differences between the sexes. And this, no matter how hard people try to pretend they're not, it's all, all normal people know this. And yeah, there is something about that, that if we have evolved <clears throat> for hundreds of thousands of years to be in a situation where when it comes to like battle, men go do that. And when it comes to raising children, women go do that because that's the only way we're going to survive as a species. Okay, so if we've both like kind of evolved to be as good as we can be at those two things, when it comes to these kind of um, metaphorical battles that you're talking about, well, yeah, who do you think's going to be the one who's like thinking about how awful this feels and who's going to be the one who like bites down on their their mouthpiece and goes, okay, well, we're going to get through this and here's how we're going to get through this. And I mean, I think it's just, it's, it's not just like the other side might say it's insensitive to acknowledge this, but I think it is horrifically awful to not acknowledge this. You're doing something awful to people by pretending that this reality doesn't exist. And the truth is that most women are very attracted to a man who does acknowledge that, that does acknowledge that when the time comes, they're going to be the man in the situation. And again, you know, it's like, like I was saying before, like to connect it to the libertarian thing, none of this has anything to do with libertarianism. None of this has anything to do with like private property rights and the non-aggression principle and all of this. So if you guys can attach all this other stuff, if there can be libertarians out there who say, hey, I think being a hooker should be normalized. Why can't I say, well, I think this should be normalized. I think this thing, which by the way, has thousands of years of like precedent and stability and tradition behind it. Why can't I think that should be normalized rather than this like absurd fantasy where a dad is going to have no problem if his daughter yeah. is a prostitute. Yeah. I suck dick for money and you should respect me for it. <laughs> like, like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> right. Like, Oh, listen, like your, your, like your daughters might be like, um, you know, they could, they could grow up to be a doctor or an artist or an author or a hooker. And you have no feeling about any of those things. 
Like there's, there's not one of those that jumps out to you as like, nope, that that one means disaster. That one means I failed. The other, like, by the way, I don't, I could care less if my daughter, I mean, I don't care less, but I don't have a strong preference whether my daughter is like a doctor or an artist or a, you know, yeah. whatever. I don't, I don't care. Whatever she's like interested in, she can go do Very it. strong but preference. She doesn't suck dick. Yeah, pretty strong <laughs> preference about that one. Like a pretty strong preference that she's not like a prostitute. That would be, yeah, that would be an issue for me. Am I supposed to pretend? Is this, is, is somehow because I believe in free market economics, the Austrian school of economics, that I believe in a non-interventionist foreign policy, and I believe in like the non-aggression principle, that requires me to pretend that that's not like, no, it doesn't. And then I just, I refuse to, to act that way. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I don't want to do violence upon you, but. I don't really want to endorse that lifestyle. Yeah. Like this, that's it. Yeah. I, I, you, you kind of like just walked right into the, my next point that I was actually getting at. I, but what I wanted to focus in on that I do find it funny that like, and uh, you like essentially, you know, I, it was already a note I wrote is that like you completely conceded this has nothing to do with libertarianism, which is something I even wrote in the notes before we even started. This has nothing to do with libertarianism, but it's funny how like me and you can, can totally concede that but it seems to be a certain type, like you know the 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 you know sex work you know thing. Because I will admit, this is me just saying I think we should normalize you know traditional ish lifestyles. I'm not even saying 100% traditional, just roughly. And but like I understand that's not necessarily like intrinsically tied to libertarianism. But it seems to be another side always wants to make these arguments that normalization and legalization or decriminalization are the same thing or you have to also be for normalization and it's just like i don't get why like i would have no i would have far more respect for certain people if they were like hey i think sex work should be legal and normalized but i concede that it's not necessarily somehow intrinsically a libertarian position and like these are just preferences that you add on top of it. Uh, I mean, I do think, like we said earlier, these preferences I find to be more important than libertarianism. Yeah. But uh, I I don't think that one they're they're I don't conflate the two essentially. So yeah, I mean, I would say maybe the only area I'd give you pushback on there is that I do think there's a strong argument to be made that like the if you're wondering what type of culture will support a libertarian legal order. Yeah. I think there's a much stronger argument that the culture that we're talking about would support a legal order than a culture of, um, I guess, degeneracy, which I yeah. people get very triggered by that word. But come on. I mean, I don't know. Like, look, there is low time preference and high time preference behavior. That's just a fact. And everybody knows that. And I don't care if like you can find three passages from Hoppe that really bother you. But like the reality is that everybody knows everybody knows this from being at least a teenager, if not before that, that there are some people who operate and, and the ones who are more successful operate on a system where they can defer gratification. You know, they can be like, listen, I'm going to put in a lot of work right now, which is not fun. But later on, this will pay off for me. And then there are the people who are like, I just want everything I can have right now. And those people, you know, look, you, you, it's just a law of economics that you cannot consume the same product today that if, if or you can't consume it today and tomorrow. You can either do one or the other, right, with the same product or yeah. whatever, or the same amount of wealth that you have. So there's 
which one of those do you think works better with maintaining a libertarian order? And if you're talking about sacrificing your future value for present consumption, what does that sound more like to you? The state or the market? And so I do think there is a connection there. Now, I'm not saying it's not, it's not as if you, you logically speaking, you can be a crack smoking hooker and a libertarian. Like you it's not can. my covenant community. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but that this is like the, the Hoppian point, right? It's like, yes, you can logically be both of those things. But what are the odds of it? <laughs> we can also recognize that like it's pr for for r real people existing in the real world practically speaking it's pretty unlikely that you're going to be both of those things and so i i will acknowledge that it's like I, I will grant you just purely logically speaking you can be a libertarian and be all of these other things but you can also be a libertarian and be all of the things we're talking about and I got to say, I think it's it's more likely that that type of society won't be demanding a state. And even you can see it already, right? Like you can see where um, someone like something like the Tower Power guys, right? Like you guys will say like the most fucked up shit. But really when it comes down to it, and this is a, a thing that's a great like um, contradiction, at least uh, visually or in terms of optics, where Duality it's like of man. <laughs> well, yeah, right. Because you guys are like the most fucked up guys saying the most fucked up things. But really, if you compared you to like your critics, live way more traditional lifestyles. There's something very funny about that, right? Like for all the people who will be like very offended by something I said, like the ones who are the most deranged critics, like once they get off, they're doing like some real degenerate shit, and I'm like. I mean, literally, like if you just had a video camera following me all day, it would be like me getting off my show and then it's like me giving like my three year old daughter a bath. And like we're singing like we're singing like row, row, row your boat in unison. <laughs> like that's my life. That's actually what I'm doing with my wife. And I'm, by the way, way into it. I'm like, eh, like we're doing the fucking staggered thing or like <laughs> Yeah, that anyway, is, that is, uh, it is so true though. That is, that is funny, and but then it's like uh, I'm not gonna name names, but like one of your major actors of time, uh, I know he like you know bitterly would uh, bicker about it, but he got busted for exposing himself through a window to a to a underage woman at some yeah. point. This is like I'm not saying everyone's like this, but this is kind of a good example. And they're gonna get mad about mean words, like the, roughly right, these right. type of people, and it's like okay like I, I don't know what to tell you like i make fucked up jokes but i'm also able to realize their jokes and have a well, normal also, life but, and <laughs> but also just like think about this right the way that they're constantly like they're always all of them not just that one example which you know i to be honest i don't even know what the story there yeah, I is you know? i don't care but <laughs> aren't they always okay so they're always begging for a GoFundMe to bail themselves out of like, Hey, I can't afford a sandwich next month. I can't pay my rent. Um, they're begging for some, an authority figure to be mad. Hey, this guy said a messed up thing. Someone punish him for that. Hey, someone kick him off Twitter for this. Someone do this, right? They're always reporting to an authority. Like you just see this kind of tendency where you're like, yeah, look, this type of mindset, this type of worldview always leads you to what look for an authority to kind of bail you out 
Like whether whether it's bailing you out because you're losing the argument and you need someone to shut them down, or bailing you out because it's like, hey, I need the LNC to kick these people out, or I need Twitter to kick these people out, or I need a GoFundMe to fucking give me my money because I blew everything and don't have a way of you know, like haven't figured out at, at this point in life how to provide. I mean, we're talking about like you know, whatever. I don't even name names. But we're talking about like a single guy in a very low cost of living area can't like support himself who's yeah. who wants to remake the world and lecture everybody else about how immoral they are so you you get to a point where you're like you see this it's like look man this is fucking this is high time preference shit like you guys are not real and and so obviously the more no and i, and I will say like i've said to people before i think hoppa like in some of his um you know in like the five passages that the people who hate him will will pounce on to uh, prove what a bigot he is and the worst of his followers will pounce on to be what they love about him i don't really love it so much like there's a few passages that i'm like yeah i don't really think that's accurate yeah but if you look at his body of work he's a fucking genius and in in many ways per perhaps the most brilliant living libertarian and that point the idea of of that the 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 essence of like high time preference uh um or excuse me low time preference behavior being the key to civilization it's such a good point that it's like all if you really think about what is the difference between living like hunter gatherer barbarians and all of that and a civilization it is all about time preference it's all about saying, well, hey, we'll start working towards something for the future. We can't have it. It, it will suck right now, but it will be better in the future. That's a very important force in life in general. And if you talk about having kids, what is what is a better example than that? What is a better example? Like you just said, even as much as you want this little kid, you're like, you know, it is work and there is nothing that is work like raising kids, like raising kids, especially doing a good job of it. There is nothing that has worked like that. Like it is just constant all day, every day. You never get a break. You never at any, you're on call at all times and you can never turn down a call. You can never go, ah, I don't feel, you know, it's no, you're on you can't call. when they get older. <laughs> yeah. But even then, but even then, I know you can't, like if it's really a thing, yeah, you can't. Yeah. And so, and that's, but you're doing it. So that after I'm after you're gone, after I'm gone, when we reap none of the rewards, you know that your kid is doing okay in the world. It's it's the the there's there's no like higher example of low time preference than that. And what is literally what creates the next generation? Having kids, right? So like there's really something to this. And so the Again, just to say, it's not completely removed from libertarianism. I think there's something connected there, but I will grant you that, yes, strictly yeah. speaking, you can believe in the non-aggression principle and do whatever you want with your life, you know? Yeah, no, and I don't actually disagree. Uh, I, I get you kind of were just like uh, shifting the framing and uh, yeah, I guess, but I don't disagree. I, I, I just was, yeah, totally making the same point you were just in a different way, but I actually 100% agree. I do think that this is a... And I, I will concede, and I think, uh, like, this is one thing I actually brought up to uh, uh, fucking Andrew of Popular Liberty once when I had him on my show. I was like, the whole high time preference, low time preference thing, you have to realize it's very subjective. Very subjective. We're in a very, and I, I kind of think most things are subjective, if not all things, but, like, to some extent. But 
it's very subjective, but we get we get the concept you're getting at. But when, I think there is an issue when you do put too strict of labels because that is like I know a lot of people get upset with Hoppe and how he frames some of the things, and you're like, okay, but you get the concept he's getting at. Like maybe you might not agree with his subjective interpretation yes. of what is high time pre- low time preference, but you get the idea. Let's fucking move on and not get upset about fucking mean words. Like who gives a shit? Like you don't have to interpret it that way. <laughs> like, well, you know? yeah. So and, and no, I, I agree with that completely, and I I hate the idea of like um. Uh, look, there's yes, you can I- exactly. So you can disagree with one like application of it. Like okay, I I don't think he got it completely right there. But if you can't, if if you're just like I actually see it as a sign of great immaturity to not be able to look at something like that and go okay, but let me take what's good from this. And disregard what's bad. And I see it as, as an incredible sign of immaturity for someone to say who has contributed nothing of good to go, well, I'm offended and I'm against the bad part of that. I mean, like at yeah. least to have a little bit of humility, at least come at it with like, okay, yeah, this guy, like he's he's done a lot of shit, but I disagree with this part. No, no yeah. one's really going to be outraged by that. Like, okay, fine. Yeah, and uh, it is kind of funny how, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, I guess he did say things that kind of lent himself to it, but what I think is the greatest thinker of our time, or the greatest, or at least of libertarianism, and I get it, he, like, I, I put out a, I had an episode once where I let, my thumbnail was, because I made a joke in the episode about how, you know, Mises, Rothbard, and, and Hoppe were all evolutions of each other, I did, like, Pokemon thing of the different evolutions, I put their head on it, and it, it like, it, it kind of applies. I'm not saying Hoppe's better than Rothbard or Mises, but they all built off of each other. And I feel like Hoppe was, like, the final culmination. And it is funny how this, in what I think is borderline perfect, people fi- focus on the little inac- little things that they get upset about. And it's almost like maybe it's because he's hitting on too much truth and that what people get upset. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. But it, it, there is something to that, I think. So. I, I think – so I've, I've talked about this before. I My theory – on um a lot of this stuff is not it's not that there are the three passages or whatever from Hoppe that they they disagree with I think because that wouldn't be enough to make people's blood boil I think that one of the flaws in libertarianism or let me no it's not a flaw in libertarianism one of the flaws in the appeal of libertarianism is that it it appeals to different people for different reasons and libertarianism appeals to a lot of people because it is the most um consistently moral moral like logically deduced like irrefutable perfect system and i don't mean perfect like human beings are never perfect but as far as a legal order goes there is no system you could think of where there are less contradictions where it's more like just purely deduced from logical steps and it's just irrefutable like you really can't even argue against it without contradicting yourself which is of course hoppe's greatest contribution in in, uh, argumentation ethics um, so that's like one sliver of libertarians who it appeals to. But there's also other things about libertarianism. Like, number one, it also says to a lot of people, no one's got no right to tell you what to do. And that appeals to a whole different group of people for a whole different group of uh, for a whole different group of reasons. Right. So th- this might be someone who's pissed off at their dad, at their church, at their this. Now, my whole life I've been told what to do. And you know what? There's nothing immoral of what I'm doing because I didn't violate the non-aggression principle. And and so that's a whole different segment 
who get brought into this for different reasons. And, and you see this all the time, right? Like, it's like, oh, what's wrong? What's wrong with someone just doing acid in the woods? Like, they're not fucking violating anyone's non and, and it's like, okay, fine, they're not. But at the same time, I don't have to worship that. Like, there's not, it's not noble. It's not like, and, and this is where the kind of like subversion comes in. And the other thing about libertarianism, and, and I'll, if I'm being completely honest, I think this is something that drew me to it at first, too, um, that I had to grow out of, is that libertarianism offers people something very seductive, which is that you know everything. You know the answer to everything already. And what is that answer? Let the market decide. What is that answer? The non-aggression principle. You now have the answer to everything. Every industry, every system, everything. So if, you, if you're not willing to kind of like fight against that and realize that it's like, and, and, and that's the problem is that HAPA comes in to a lot of people who have bought into this like, yeah, f you know, screw authority, screw my teachers and the principal and my father and, you know, whatever, like all the people who judged me and all of them, like, you have no right to tell me how to live my life. And I already know the answer to everything. And it's the non-aggression principle and blah, blah, blah. And then Hoppe comes along and he's like, well, actually, once we have a private property society as the property owner, I can have whatever rules I want to. And I might have the rule that says you got to get your shit together or get fucking vis-a-vis, -vis, so to speak, physically removed. And then they're like, well, you're my dad again. Like you're, you're everything I was rejecting coming right back to me. But they can't really argue against him or anything like that. So, you know, it's just but but that to me, there's something about that. That is why they hate him so much. That he represents everything that they thought they were rejecting with libertarianism. Um, but to me, it's like that's never what this was. That's never what it was supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, I do want to backtrack. There was something uh, you said earlier that kind of sparked something in me. And it was, I didn't have this in my notes and something I wasn't going to bring up. But uh, I made a poll the other day. And I do think it kind of weirdly plays into this conversation here. Uh, and the poll I put out was, uh, you know, what is better for liberty on an individual and collective level? And I put in the poll, I put someone who someone who isn't politically involved whatsoever, but has their life together, like roughly, obviously speaking. You know, I mean, this is a poll. I can't get too nuanced on Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, so and then the second option was an LP activist who doesn't have their shit together. And it ended up being like a 91 and nine. And I mean, I'm actually kind of disappointed that the, se the second option got nine percent because that kind of yeah. blows my fucking mind. <laughs> like, like and, uh, I mean, obviously, I don't know if it's people being begrudging and thinking I'm making an agorist point, but I could, you could even be a, an LP activist and make the same point. It's kind of just like a, and it's kind of a lot of what we're saying here, where it's like you need to, to some extent, have your, if you want to spread these messages or whatever, I think there is something too, like if, if you look someone like someone who's sucking dick through a fucking, uh, a, a, a glory hole in a fucking gas station, I don't think people might not, may not want to take your advice as much, but if you look like a, someone who has a family uh, or whatever just i mean and i'm not even, that wasn't even like a gay thing by the way that was just saying no forget so, that even, forget even looking like forget <laughs> yeah. even looking like like talking like and being that you yeah. know like it's it, it's just that if you i mean i don't know unless you just want to and it's not you know it's not a gay thing or whatever because there are fucking gay you know i i grew up in in uh brooklyn and like I've I've lived in a bunch of different areas in in New York City and and some of them like 
you know, with a lot of gay people. Some of those gay people are fucking bosses. You know what I mean? Like they're gay people <laughs> who are like fucking go to Chelsea, go to Park Slope, Brooklyn. Like there's those people, and they are not. These are people with low time preference who live like very nice lives, yes. you know, and those people do fucking work. They could convince people of how they feel and they're they have serious jobs and all this shit. But like if you're if you're sucking dick on camera, let's say, <laughs> yeah. who the hell are you going to convince of anything except other people like in that rung of society? And so best of luck. I hope you convince them to be better. But. Look, there's no, you, you can't, it's like the Jordan Peterson thing, right? Like you, you can't sit there. You can't be a guy who, um, literally is, can't make his rent, can't make his, you know, doesn't have money for food, doesn't have money for anything, doesn't have a wife, doesn't have a girlfriend, doesn't have a boyfriend, doesn't have a kid, doesn't have anything. And then start lecturing everybody else about how society should be changed. I mean, yeah. that's just. No one's going to respond to that. And you have to start inward and build outward from there. That's yeah. the only way, at, at least to some degree. I'm not saying like, you know, like it, it has to be complete. You have to be perfect before you can take on the world. But there has to be something. And so, and, and again, like I said before, I'm not, and, and this is maybe where um, me and you, you as an agorist and me as somebody who's a member of the Libertarian Party, we're, I think we're not maybe quite as far apart as we think we are. I mean, I do think there's like value, like tangible value in very local political action. I I, I do think that that means something. And maybe we disagree on that. I don't know exactly what no, your take I, is on that. But I, I've said uh, before, if I wasn't an agorist, I'd be an opian. So, <laughs> well, yeah, but like, I mean, look, there are things like, um, you know, there, there are things that are changed, like, you know, open carry laws or legalizing, you know, marijuana or or legalizing uh, uh, mushrooms or things like this that like you, you can't downplay that. Like when that happens, that really saves people's lives. That is somebody's yeah. life would have been ruined. That is now not ruined because that was legalized. Right. But regardless of of that difference that we might have. I don't even know if we have that difference, but regardless of that, there are, um, you know, in, in general, I'm not a person who really believes that like the solutions are going to come from politics. I'm somebody who believes like the solutions are going to come from ideas and things like that. But what, I mean, if you're talking about like having your life together versus not having your life together and saying the right things, I mean, Whatever the person who has their life together says that is right will be heard 100,000 times more loudly than whatever yeah. the person who doesn't have their life together says. And that's just the truth. Now, there might be some exceptions to that. There might yeah. be somebody who's like got a big platform and no one really knows how not together their life is. And so they yeah. say something and, and people kind of listen to them. But just like in, you know, just imagine like you're fucking you know, your uncle or your friend or your wife's friend or something like that, who's just a, a mess, gives you some advice on something. What, what are you going to think about that? Yeah. You're going to be like, dude, get the fuck out of here. You can't even figure out your own shit. Like, I, I would push back a little bit because I think, and, and it's the kind of same idea you made up before, made before, where it was kind of like, technically, sure, you could be this, like, essentially libertine or, or whatever and have your shit together. I forget the exact example we used earlier, 
but it's kind of the same idea here where it's like if you don't have your shit together like i get it you could have like a podcast and by the way i'm not at all i will fully admit that i don't personally think i have my shit together but i'll probably no matter what point in my life ever think i have my shit together just because that's how i am but point aside like i think generally if you really don't have your shit together people can kind of read that on you and like yeah. sure technically maybe you just really are that suave with people to where you can kind of put on this air that that's not the case but generally speaking if that was if you had that kind of suave about you you probably would apply in other ways and not and have your life a little more together so no that's I, I mean fair, it's that's possible a <laughs> that's a, that, no that's a fair rare. point <laughs> Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I, yeah, we definitely agree there. I mean, coming from different perspectives, um, I did kind of want to move on to. Uh, I was listening to Pete today on. Uh, he was ta- he was doing a little fucking uh, Uncle Ted. Uh, They're doing the systems neatest trick, and they were kind of bringing up how like they went after mas- or the system. You know, the anthropomorphizing. You know, this whole thing. Uh, it goes after masculinity. Tries to downplay it. And I do think there is something very much there. I mean, we see it now. I mean, uh, you know, with all the trans stuff, whatever. And I'm not at all saying you can't be trans, whatever. I mean, and that's the problem when you even push back on any of this shit. It's just like, like maybe my six-year-old shouldn't be presenting with these ideas. I mean, I don't think like that's much to ask. Uh, like, I mean, um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, like, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I just like at a certain point, you're like, how far do I have to go with this? Like, oh, oh, okay, look. I'm a libertarian. There shouldn't be any laws against any adult doing what they want to with their body. But I'm not going to say maybe my six-year-old shouldn't be presented with this. I'm going to be like, if you try to present my six-year-old with this, I am ready to... uh, all right, I don't want to get you uh, kicked off of uh, Shit. whatever platform you're on, but like, like that's like to me, that's a declaration of war against me and my family, and you will goddamn not poison my children's mind with this fucking like, like absolute nonsense. And most normal people feel that way. Um, and yeah, that's that's just that. Yeah. I don't I don't want to beat around the bush of it or not but like that that to me is like in the same way like if you if you tried to um if you tried to kill someone in uh like me or, or a member of my family how you would think it was appropriate for me to respond that's how I'd respond if you tried to propagandize my children with this like confusing nonsense that we all know deep down is complete bullshit so uh, Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. I kind of now this is probably one of my last few points I wanted to bring up. And I think it especially rings true with like me and you. Uh, and we kind of touched it a little bit. And maybe this might not be the way, right way of framing it, but there's almost like a, I think there might be a role to degeneracy or minor bits or being able to jump back and forth. Because, uh, and I, I, I wrote down the Peterson quote because uh, it's funny you brought Peterson earlier. Uh, and I think it kind of applies here. It's like a harmless man is not a good man. A good man is a very dangerous man who has that under voluntary control. And I do think there's something to, I mean, I mean, maybe it might, it might irritate some more conservative Christians here who are like, you know, all about fucking, you know, being, you know, pure their whole life. But I, I know I've, before I was married, I mean, shit, I got married at 20, but I had a, I had a wild life from, you know, 15 to 20. Uh, I did a lot of shit. And uh, like, I don't necessarily even, you know, regretting of that because i do think to some extent that kind of gave me an edge to where it's like the fact that i'm you know i did that shit or, or have lived a certain life kind of makes it more 
pronounced when I'm able to hold my daughter and, you know, be gentle and be like, not, I don't know. It's kind of almost like it's more impressive to be a man that's like holding back these, you know, masculine instincts, like the, the parts that we'd think are negative, which I do think are actually positive. They're good to have. Uh, Cause essentially biologically we're fuck kill machines. That's what we are. But like, there's a time and place for that. <laughs> and I think there's yeah. something to having it under control. Um, and you know, being me and you, I mean, we, you have a much larger show than I do, but we both have shows where we, uh, you know, Tower Power, Legion Skanks, where we do dirty jokes. I mean, I know you have a debaucherous life before you got married. I did as well. Um, I mean, shit, even even now, like, yeah. you know, sometimes we'll send the, the kids over to our in-laws and have a little debauchery, you know, <laughs> like that's in, and, but, you know, we're an adults and that's planned. And, you know, like, I mean, well, right. Star Power Hour knows what I mean. <laughs> so, but, right. Yeah. No, listen, I think I think that's you're really on to something there. And I'd say that, look, it, for me. I, I don't really regret anything I've done because everything I've done has led me to where I am now. And if I had done things differently, maybe I wouldn't be where I am now. So I, I'm I'm every you know, it's like the the butterfly effect or whatever, as as my my brother Lewis would would say. It's the butterfly effect. And if I had done one little thing different, maybe I wouldn't have met my wife and wouldn't have had my kids and all of this and like so. I don't regret any of that. And all of all of those experiences made me the man I am today. But at the same time, you know, you don't genuine, you don't generally like recommend your mistakes to other people. You, you, you tend to tell them what you learn from the mistakes and and what how you got better. But I do think you're right. And I think ex what you're touching on is kind of the beauty of libertarianism is that I think that, look, there should be people who live alternative lifestyles and there should even be people who live traditional lifestyles who have a little bit of alternative lifestyle sprinkled in on it you know that all of that to me is like exactly why you don't want a one size fits all let me crush all of my you know the people who who don't see things the way i do type of attitude you want liberty you want people to be able to live the way that they they kind of see fit and to me, and I, I remember feeling this way even before I, I got married and settled down and all of that, where I, I started to realize, like, look, I I know a lot of people, right? So I know, um, just, just for example, give someone, like, so Ari Shafir is a very good friend of mine who's a hilarious comedian and just an incredible human being. Just an incredible – now, he – you may not get that if you just see like him as the prankster that you know him as, but he's a really great person. I promise, a really, really great person. I mean, you get that vibe and, from him, though. I guess that kind yes. of plays my point I made earlier, but where you can he, kind of feel this on people. He <laughs> lives a lifestyle that is bananas, like just <laughs> fucking insane. Like he's just gonna go like on a whim. He's just gonna go to the fucking like. I don't know, to the jungle and go do LSD with some random people and then spend fucking four months there and then come back and tour and do stand-up comedy and then do all this other shit. And like, and it's a great, he, he really enjoys what he's doing and that's fine. He should be allowed to do that because he's a special fucking person and that he, Ari Jafir is a, a fucking special light in this world that other people should see and be like, man, that's an incredible energy and an incredible person and all of this. But the idea of promoting that as that's what the normal person should do. 
just seems a little bit ridiculous. Yeah. Like, even if you're living in a kind of like, you know, um, alternative lifestyle, you might recognize that it's not what you want everyone to be living. And that if we're if we're talking about like, like my ideal, and again, I wouldn't enforce this because I'm a libertarian, I wouldn't enforce this on anyone. But this is just like what I'd say my ideal is, is that what should be promoted and pushed on people is the kind of like normal lifestyle. And then people should be free if they want to, to live an alternative lifestyle. But that's probably not going to work out best for most people. And the problem is that right now, what is promoted and pushed are these alternative lifestyles, which end up in misery for most people. And this is why you have these fucking like angry 50 year old cat ladies who are lecturing everybody else and like kind of fucking destroying society because it's like, yeah, no, that didn't work out too well for you. You weren't supposed to do this. Like you work at Arby's like you didn't have th this wasn't a good choice you weren't supposed to go like no I don't fucking need a man and I'm gonna complain about every man in my life it's like no you were supposed to find somebody and settle down with them and that it's fine if you want to live one of these fucking lifestyles that's fine but I just think that and 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 it's fine for people who like are married and have kids to sprinkle in a little bit of fun and degeneracy and all of that I don't think there's anything wrong with that but I do think that the problem we have right now in our society is that we don't tell hard, honest truths to people that we really should tell. So we don't, it's like, you know, we, we send, the, and when I say we just as a society or whatever, we, we send these messages to like 25 year old girls that it's like, look, it's like, sexism and you can be everything a guy can be and you can be all of this and blah 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 and like why should you ever settle for any of this and you go do you and if you want to you know if you want to have an only fans or if you want to do this you go do it and no one's telling them what the truth is which is that look and, and and it's a weird it's a harsh truth but when you're 25 it's like look you got 10 years <laughs> to make a decision yeah of what you want to do forever. And that's it. After that, you're done. I mean, I guess I'm completely done at yeah. 35, but if you're 35 and you've been living this degenerate lifestyle for for your whole time, who are you up against it if you want to have kids and have a family? Man, you better find the guy, get pregnant immediately and and by the way, at that point, your options are limited. Yeah, that's the and, truth. And, Your options yeah. are crazy limited. And like, here's like, like, look, if you're even if you're 25 and you start uh, having like an OnlyFans or you start like just whatever, just like if, if you start like being like crazy promiscuous, it's like, OK, look, if you never want to get married and have kids, then fine. Who the fuck cares? But if you do just know that you're cutting your potential like pool yeah drastically down drastically down now i don't know i'm not saying like i, I don't want to speak for you i mean you you can say what you want but most guys that i know whether you think this is right or wrong would not 
ever marry someone who has been wildly promiscuous, like wildly, like if they were like something like insane, like there's, there's just pictures of me blowing a dude online all over the place. I'm going to cut that out like that. (laughs) Uh, No. Yeah. Okay. So you wouldn't. Now I'm not saying that's, I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying that's whether, whether you think that's right or wrong. I mean, I think it's right, but whatever, whether you think that's right or wrong, just know that that is not 10% of the data of, of the potential marrying pool. It's not 20%. It's closer to like 80, 90%, whether they admit it or not. That's the truth. And if you're okay with that, then fine. But if you're not, just know that someone should tell you that, that that's it. And you could be like, I don't even care. And a lot of, I think a lot of times these chicks at 25, because I don't know, I was an idiot at 25. Maybe they are too. They go, I don't care. I don't care if I cut out 80, 90% of the potential pool of marrying people. I don't want to get married. But it's like, just know when you get thir- when you're 35 and you decide you're not having kids, even maybe then it doesn't, it doesn't fuck with you. But guess what? 35 is not the end of life. You got to be 45 and 55 and 65 and 75 and 85. And just think about all those years. How it's going to feel when you look back at life and go, what did you do? Do you have these beautiful kids and these beautiful grandkids and these beautiful memories? Or do you have what will be the equivalent of a Polaroid of you fucking like blowing some dude <laughs> online? Like, I, So I just think people should be more brutally honest about this and that go like, listen, these, these alternative lifestyles are okay for some people, but the traditional lifestyles work way better for a much larger percentage of the population. That's my yeah. honest feeling on Yeah, it. I mean, be mad about the statement all you want, anyone listening, but the general sentiment of most people, I mean, maybe it's unfair, maybe it's not, I don't really give a shit, but the general sentiment is a key that opens many locks is awesome, a lock that's opened by many keys is useless. And, yep. you know, be mad about it all you want, but that, that's what most dudes think and I mean, do with that what you will. And I'm saying this as someone who's conceited. I've been baby crazy. I love children. I, I like, I love everything about that. I genuinely feel like you will be, because I feel like a lot of times like women will get this like, oh, what do you think? Women just were baby making factories and blah, blah, blah. I think I'm a baby making factory as a man. Like, it's I, the best I think thing I've ever done. Yeah, like that's yeah. what we were biologically made to do. Like we can fight it as much as we want, but biologically we are driven to procreate and then like as men to also fucking kill like in that but that's to some extent that's tied with procreation so like well the funny thing about this is like and and the the funny thing about it is that like i come from this from the perspective at least like now i wasn't always this but i'm kind of like um i i'm not just saying like oh this is a purely evolutionary thing although i do think there are strong evolutionary factors but like i i believe in god and i believe in like that there is a greater purpose to our life and and we have meaning and that we're kind of here to fulfill something that is a part of a bigger plan that's my personal belief i'm not trying to push that on anyone but so many of the people who are like atheists who don't believe any of that are the ones who reject this the most and you're like well listen if you're saying that everything here is just a pure darwinian process then you should be able to understand this better than anyone because like what what is it it's like look man if you're fucking if if you're on a you know a, if humanity is left on a desert island with one woman and fucking a thousand men well holy shit 
you are screwed because the thousand men are going to fight over who gets this one woman. She's going to get pregnant once that it takes nine months, you know, to figure this out. She might lose the baby and die in childbirth and then society's over. But if you're one man on a desert island with a thousand women, well, that guy can then pregnant a whole bunch of people and like society keeps going and all. So obviously the, the evolutionary pressure would be on men to want to like get as many women pregnant as possible to spread your seed and the evolutionary pressure on women would be to be like, well, Oh, whoa, hold on a second. Like you're, we're going to have a good time. And then I might be incapacitated for nine months and I'm going to need a lot of help over these nine months. And then there's going to be another, like, you know, like couple decades of where I need your help here. Let me ask you a few questions before we get down to this. Let's like figure out who you are. You know, yeah. it's like, it's so obvious. And like, Again, this is what I was saying before, like these to me, these are um, they're like it's like lost wisdom, like to even say this a couple decades ago would be like, what are you guys even talking about? This is so obvious that everyone knows this. But now all of a sudden it's become this taboo thing to say. And that's really my only point is that I don't think that the that traditional wisdom should be taboo and wild degeneracy should be norms. I'm not trying to make any of them illegal. I don't hate anyone for engaging in any of them, but maybe like the fucking, you know, the time tested traditional wisdom should be more the norm and the rejection of that should be more the fringe. To me, that seems like a healthier way to, to have a society. Yeah, I agree. Uh, to touch on something you said earlier, I am an atheist, and uh, I will say, as an atheist and an agorist, uh, atheists and agorists are the worst. So, <laughs> like, that's just generally how that works out. There, yeah. and it, the funny thing is, it's kind of like they both are because of the same reason. And it's uh, not to go on a tangent; we can move on after this. But I, I do think it's funny, and I make this uh, parallel a lot. It's this. Uh, it's just I discovered this truth, and now you're uh, fucking uh, insufferable about it. And it's like that's kind yeah. of. That's where a lot of that comes from. And like, I, I don't know, I guess it, it takes a little bit of maturity. We're like, well, maybe it's not true. And then also, even if it is true, being a cunt about it doesn't help. So, yeah. like, like, uh, but you got time for some chats. Uh, I told. Sure. I let's do it. I, I, by the way, guys in there, I know, uh, I, I guess I don't know if it was going to monetize. It's a private video because it's for my patron. Uh, I guess maybe super chats don't work on unlisted or maybe it's because I didn't monetize it. I don't know. Either way, we'll go through it. Um, Daniel, uh, you actually hit on a point that I was actually had my notes, but I foregoed it for your super chat. Uh, it says, Jose, do you agree with Dave on peaceful parenting? I'd love to hear you guys talk about how to be a masculine father without being toxic or having to yell or, or spank or yell at your kids. Um, I actually, I will say the two big things Dave contributed uh, to me, uh, I mean, before he even knew me, uh, he, he's the one who convinced me to read Rothbard, The Anatomy of State. And I became an anarchist as such. And honestly, you're the one who also made me a peaceful parent because I was raised to not be that way. And I wasn't for, you know, the probably the first few years of my children's life. And then uh, and, and it also weirdly kind of ties into another point we we're getting at earlier, where I also did a lot of times just to dismiss you when you would talk about it because you didn't have kids or a wife or anything at yeah. the time. But now there is something, too, where you had it. But it, even after time, it did sink in the pure logic of it. I was just like, yeah, this I don't get. Like, and it, it was like, I honestly, even to this day, I feel ashamed that I ever did 
Uh, so anyone out there, I, I don't think you should. I mean, now you also did Daniel talk about yelling and I will admit like, it's hard. My kids are fucking older and they're going to point where they have personalities and they can be fucking assholes. Sometimes, uh, it gets a little bit harder when they're not as cute. And, uh, cause I mean, obviously when a kid's just screaming cause it's hungry, you're not just going to fucking yell at it. But when, it, when it's like, fuck you, dad, you're like, Oh, well, I understand. <laughs> and I, I understand even listen and, and there's a reason i i didn't talk about it that much before i had kids because i kind of got that point like i was like look i'm kind of like speaking out of school to talk about peaceful parenting when i don't have kids even though i was completely sold on it um but even having a three-year-old i get where it's a little bit different than having like what, what three particularly is like right around the age where you start to have expectations that you expect them to follow and they kind of know what they're doing. Like, it's not like, like a baby can't really do anything wrong. A baby can't be a baby. You can't say the baby's being bad. It's just, it's a baby. It cries when it's hungry and when it needs to be changed, it's always your fault. But a three-year-old, it is sometimes their fault. It's sometimes like, Hey, you know, better than that. You're not supposed to like take your bowl of cereal and dump it on the floor. You know, you're not supposed to do that. You're you know, being a dick. <laughs> and so, yes. And so, it's easier to slip into that, but you like, to me, I just go like, look, even at, at, as a three-year-old or whatever. And, and I don't know, again, like, you know, listen, I don't want to like, I, I don't like speaking out of turn. So I've never had a four-year-old, a five-year-old, a six-year-old, a seven-year-old, you know, and you have, so you have more experience in this area than me, but I just go that it's like, I don't want my kids experience to be what my experience was growing up and i don't want their experience to be that they're fucking yelled at or hit or something like that and i just don't like that's not how that's not how any healthy adult relationship should work so why the hell when i have such a power imbalance with my 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 children why should I want that to be how their relationship is work is working? And I think that even I, what I try to think about, particularly with my daughter, because my daughter's a three year old, my son is is two months old now. I think, hey, like this is what I constantly remind myself that keeps me in check. Is I go, well, listen, I mean, hopefully speaking, that because the best thing that's ever happened to me is that I got married and married the right person. That's the best thing that ever happened to me. And then we had kids together. And the best thing I could hope for for my daughter is that someday she marries the the right person and has a great family. And I am, up until then, going to be the male role model. And who do I want her marrying? And who do I want, you know, like, who do I want her, like, her role model to be? And so if I'm the role model right now, and then at some point she's going to marry some guy and that's going to be her life, like, do I want it to be a thing where he yells at her? And God forbid he hits her, you know? So I'm like, well, no, that's not what I want. And what I want is to find some other way. And this, this is something Stefan Molyneux really preached that I think he was totally right about, is that once you take that off the table, then you kind of find yourself in this situation of like, okay, well, what are my options? And then you start discovering your other options. And my other options are these things. And it's, it's silly little things with my three-year-old. But it's a, I, I do this one thing that she gets into for whatever reason, but whenever she gets like very upset, I go, oh, you know, I, I take her and I'm like, I, I grab her. I'm like, okay, come here, baby. We're going to talk for a second. And then I go, we're going to take three breaths before we talk. And she's very into this. And I go, we're going to take three breaths. And she goes, okay. And I go, 
she does the me and we go that's one and we go, she goes that's two that's three and and we do that and then we calm down and then i try to talk to her and i'm just telling you i i think it really works i think it works way better than me just yelling or just flipping out or any of this stuff and if i was just willing to yell i would never even go to that next level so i just i, ju I do think like it's there's really something valuable at the very least in saying, look, make any of that aggression your absolute last option. I'm not saying there's never a situation. You know, if your daughter's running into oncoming traffic, you tackle her and you make sure she can't get in there. But make yeah. sure it's your absolute last option. And if we are libertarians, right, isn't that the whole principle? Make make violence or or the threat of violence or anything like that the absolute last option option and yeah. that's if she's running in traffic roundhouse kicker so yeah. i mean if you have to but you got a roundhouse kicker and then catch her with the other hand i mean they're tiny they're teeny little people you can do whatever you want i don't know if it's just like this fucked up intrusive thoughts but i don't know if you if this maybe it's just me because i'm more of a fitness guy but sometimes i'll just see like a smaller person just wonder like what would happen if i just punch you as hard as i could what do you mean more of a fitness guy bro I'm fucking. But, I'm working out all day, every day, yeah, dude. Yeah. Totally jacked. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying you aren't. I'm just. I'm skinny. I'm, I'm skinny on camera, but like in person, when you see me, I'm fucking ripped. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Listen, there's. Uh, of course, we all have these fantasies, Jose. You're like, could I lift them off their feet? I don't know. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, Code Juice Rock. That's a joke uh, for my patron because I give him a code for chat priority. Mm. That was not the code I gave him. Uh, but, uh, big day fan. I love all your episodes. You still play basketball and how good were you? Uh, I don't know if that's I, an assumption because you're Jewish. You played basketball. No, <laughs> I, was, like I was a basketball ago. player. I was, a, I was the captain of my high school varsity oh, okay. team. I was, a, I was a basketball player. I haven't played a lot uh, lately. And I'm probably not that good anymore, dude. I'm fucking I'm I'm old, dude. I'm 38 and I'm going to be fucking 39 in a few months. So like I don't fucking I haven't played a lot lately, but I'm still I don't know. I I used to be pretty decent, but I was like decent for like an unathletic white guy who's six two. Like I was a good shooter, good passer. I was good skills. Um, But uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm probably not that good anymore. I haven't, I haven't played basketball in a while. Yeah, I, I feel you. The older I get, the, the the hobbies I used to care about a lot, I get really shitty at. Yep. <laughs> uh, uh, Daniel three has another one. Uh, I think uh, he. And I know he's someone I've, I've behind closed doors. He's complained about not getting DM back. So I think that's maybe why he's sending so messages, so many messages. I uh, said, and this is a good point though. Uh, that's what I brought up. I think men should show emotion, but should be extra impactful to kids. When their father shows emotion, like the contrast of strength and being vulnerable in appropriate moments, and I think that's totally true. That's kind of what we were getting at earlier with like the uh, with like your situation, where like, I mean, and even then, like, I guess it depends on the situation because there's there's times to be emotional, and there's times to not, and I think uh, I think that's kind of has a lot to do with being a man and being emotionally uh, mature. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, I I agree with all of that. I think that like you're like it's not that men shouldn't be emotional. It's just that men should pick and choose when when they are, and that yours like your job is that like when it's important, like look, think about it like this: if me and and you were like in a room together, 
and all of a sudden there's like an earthquake and we don't know what the fuck's going on and the ground starts shaking and everything starts falling and all of this and me and you might be like holy shit what the fuck's going on you know like what's happening but if it's me and you and a three-year-old in that room together well what's our role there now i think our role is to go everything is okay you know now we don't know everything is okay we, but but still the role is to say let me curtail my emotions so that you do not have an emotional problem with this that to me is essentially what we're talking about here that you you swallow your own thing and go hey everything's okay everything's going to be all right don't worry about it. And then I look over at you and give you a look like, what the fuck's going on here? So that that three-year-old doesn't see it. I'm like, Jose, what the fuck are we doing? Are we going to involve Dot? You know? But like that's that to me is the essence of being a man. It's like yeah. that you, when it matters for the people you're there, look, man, that's the highest level of being a man is protecting and providing for people who are not as capable if that's the word as protecting and providing for other people. And I don't mean that in a diminishing way. And I hope people don't. And this is the thing that like, if people want to pick this apart or clip this up and make this out to be a gotcha or whatever, go ahead. I've got plenty of them yeah. out there already, but please do. It'll be great. It, for it's channel. not, yeah, I, I <laughs> but listen, it's not that it's not that I'm saying like, this isn't a superiority or inferiority thing. My wife is better than me. And I mean, better like across the board, better. She does everything better than me. The thing that I'm telling you is the most important is taking care of our children. And she is better across the board at all of it. She always knows where everything is and what's supposed to be done and who's supposed to be where. And she's just, just always. And I try my best to know as good as her. And I never do. I never do. Like, I try my best to be like, oh, he's supposed to have his bottle at five. And she's like, actually, it's at six. And I'm like, shit. <laughs> God damn it. I thought I had it right. You know, like I just net you never are as good. Like what the most important thing ever is that my wife like housed and birthed two children for me, takes care of our entire house, like knows where everything is, knows what the kids need, always has the right thing to say to them like that. It's not like as but when it comes to who's more capable at providing and protecting for our family, no, that is me. Yeah. And so th if if that's what you're more capable at, then you do that. And that's it. Yeah, that's funny. That's a totally same situation here. My wife is – she's far better at managing multiple things at once than I am. I'm good at doing one thing really, yeah. really good, and that's yeah. it. I, that's really it. I'm. I, yeah, that's and, so like, true. <laughs> that's so true, by the way, with me too. Like I'm like literally like – listen, if it comes to like stand-up comedy or podcasting about libertarianism, like fucking I got this. Move out of the way. But if it comes to everything else in the universe, <laughs> like that's like my wife is the one who does it all. Like if I gave everyone like the complete description of my life and bills and all this stuff, I'm a fucking man child. My wife manages fucking everything. Like I basically got an accountant. I got a fucking like – Me too. I, like, <laughs> I have no, I, dude. I got no idea how much money I got. I got no idea where it is. I got no idea what our bills cost. I have no idea how they get paid. I just know that checks get handed to me, and I hand them to my wife, and I go, "You make sure that the lights are still coming on, and like all of this is still happening." One hundred percent. 
Same here. Every now and then I just give her like, we good? And she's like, yeah, we're good. And then sometimes she'll be like, if there's a big decision, she'll come to me. But even little decisions she'll just make on her own. Like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Take oh, out yeah, minor loans and not even tell me. Like, okay, whatever. I'll go, shit, I trust you. <laughs> like, yeah. No, like, it actually, I'll tell you, it bugs me when she comes to me with the minor decisions. <laughs> it bugs me. She's like, well, you know, we need this and we need that, but it costs money. I'm like, so buy it. Why am I being bored down with these details? I'm in the, listen, we have departments. I'm in the department of bringing money in and you're in the department of spending our money. So fucking spend it where it needs to be spent. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if, if you, if you want to come to me and go, you got to bring more and okay, fine. But if not, then, then let me do my department. Consult me if it's big. <laughs> if it's yeah. a group decision. Yeah. Yes. If we're buying a house, let's talk. But like other than that, just handle it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh Daniel again, uh, he's like I said, he's really trying hard. He's actually doing good with chats. Jordan perceives Pearson's most important rule, clean your own room, slash set your horse horse house in perfect order before you criticize the world. And that was kind of touched on what we said before. Uh I've uh, I actually was just on a podcast the other day where I was critical of Peterson when it comes to religious stuff because I think he kind of just says a whole bunch of nothingness, but he is really great when it comes to this stuff. I, and I was really trying my best to not shit on Peterson because he is great in a lot of ways. I'm just not a fan of him when he goes into religious stuff. He kind of gets into a whole lot of deepities that mean nothing. <laughs> so, well, but uh, yeah, there's, I, in I my think, opinion, so. I think there's been something. I, I think he cops out sometimes. Yes, when it that's comes where to the I, religious yeah. stuff, and I so I, I we but man, I think that you know w- with this stuff, it's not a complete. As far as I'm concerned, it's not a complete rule. Like for ex- or it's not a law. Like if you you could be a person who's a, a mess and still say, hey, I think uh, whatever it might be. You know, I think taxation is theft or I think the war on drugs is evil or I think we should stop the genocide in Yemen or something. And you're right. And to say, hey, your life's a mess is a fucking logical fallacy. Like that's not actually, you know, they're still right about what they said, you know. So it's not as if it's a law that you have to have your own house in order before you can take on these bigger issues. However, you're better off erring on the side of that advice than not, if that makes sense. So in in the same way that like if you want to view yourself as a victim or view yourself as empowered, neither one of those is necessarily more factually correct than the other, depending on your situation. But one is more productive. So the, the, the idea of saying, look, I'm going to get my own life together is more productive than saying, I don't have to worry about that because I'm right about these grand things. And so it's not that it's, you, you can't be right about the grand things without getting your life together. But I think we all know that you see people all the time who are talking about how they want to remake look even the libertarian party but let alone that like society like they they we i have the answers to remake everything and you can't even make your own life and if you see someone like that it that in itself doesn't prove them wrong about how they want to remake the party or remake 
everybody's life, but it does make you go like, dude, you can't even get this together. Like, how the fuck do I trust you to get everything together? And probably about 99.9% of the time, the person who can't even get their own life together has no business telling a large group of people how to get their act together. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Bonghorn Leghorn, which is one of my uh, my patrons, he put, uh, women are the only beings with a name value. Men have to constantly earn their place. And, like, maybe we could, like, fit, like, quibble around the edges, but for the most part, I 100% agree with that. I think that is actually kind of at the root of a lot of what we were getting at here. I mean, to some extent, yeah, women sort of have to prove their value, but not nearly as much as men do. And I feel like that kind of, in a way, says more about women than it does. Like, if anything, that's bringing up women, but they, uh, like, like it's flipped. So, yeah, I kind of look at it like I almost look at it like women start at 100 and men start at zero. Yes, that's a good And like women can lose and lose and men can gain and gain. So women, women have to maintain their value. And men have to always increase it up and up. I'm not saying that's a complete law. You know, there's exceptions to all of this stuff. But like, yeah, like women can like lose that innate value that you're talking about. But men have to do something to get themselves to that level. Something. Um, Not always, but, you know, for for. most cases yeah that's a, that's a better way to put it and here's a woman to back up or uh, back up what we're saying <laughs> women are biologically driven to be selective not being so carries more risk for women than men these instincts shouldn't just be ignored and you were getting at it earlier and that's a hundred percent correct uh let's see what else i got that's, that's just a fact yeah and then uh, this whole podcast was just so i could figure out what sex is so that's good <laughs> uh i think that might be i'm not seeing anything to do, do, do. Give me a second, see if I get anything else. It really fucks with it that I don't have a. Oh, Tavis Tyree wants to get you on the Travis Tyree workout program. But if you ever do want to talk fitness, this is a great guy. He's uh, he's a similar build to you, but he's fucking ripped. So he's a tall guy. Yeah. So we're, yeah. I'm already there. I feel like so. Yes. Yeah, similar build to me. He doesn't need you, uh, Travis. Sorry. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Travis, I'll give you a couple tips on how to get ripped. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. Just a, a a pack a pack of cigarettes a day and a and a fucking pot of coffee that'll fucking do it. Yeah, uh, that's what I learned from coffee. You'll slim up real or for not from coffee, but college. I learned that real quick. All right, well, I think we're at the end here. So if you want to drop your plugs, as if people don't fucking know who you are already, but uh, that's what people do at the end of podcasts. So. Well, I don't know. I'm fucking. <laughs> I'm listen. I'm gonna I'm gonna be at a whole bunch of the LP conventions. Let me just say that I'm I'm coming out to a whole bunch of them. And I'm making a big push. I don't care if you're a dirty agorist, Jose Galison. Yeah. Those are I put out, not to cut you those... off. I put out a tweet a while ago that agorists are just people who go to LP conventions and don't do the boring stuff. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> but that's fine. I don't care. Listen, this is all I'll say, okay? This is all I'll say is my my final like pitch. And I'm not saying I'm gonna change your mind right now or any other agorist, but I go look. You're an agorist, and that's fine. I support agorism. I think it's great. I think it's fucking way better than most people are. Uh, But you still do your podcast because you want to fucking tell people about some shit that you know that maybe they haven't heard. That might be some interesting shit to tell them. (laughs) So you're still kind of at least in the world of concerned about spreading a message of some sort. And that doesn't mean it has to be a preachy, like this is the message of the truth, but what what we're doing right now with the Libertarian Party 
is about to spread a message in a more effective way than any of us alone could have done yeah. through podcasts. And it, it's yeah. a really great fucking moment right now where the Mises Caucus is about to really fucking do some cool shit in the Libertarian Party. Like everything I've been talking about for the last year and a half is coming to fruition now. And we're, we're taking over all of these different states and we're taking all over all of these positions. And I'm going to be out at a lot of these conventions with the explicit goal of getting Angela McCardle elected to be the next chair of the Libertarian Party. I think everybody, even agorists who don't care about politics, will appreciate somebody as based and awesome and fearless as her being the one kind of making the decisions. And, and I think we'll all enjoy that a lot more than who some of the previous chairs have been. And this is going to happen, but anyone who can help, we really appreciate it. So whatever you could do to support the Mises Caucus, please come do that. And besides that, um, I, you know, at the actual conventions, I'm coming to, uh, I believe, Arizona, Connecticut, Colorado, Texas, California, Pennsylvania. I'm coming to a whole bunch of the fucking state conventions and giving speeches and doing fun shit and all that. So check that out. Part of the problem is, is my podcast, of course. And it was fucking great. I really enjoy yeah. fucking talking to you, Jose. Yeah, no, this was fun. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I will say I was very impressed with Angela when she came on Tower Power Hour because it is like for any politician-ish person coming on Tower Power Hour, it's very much like, all right, what you got? Like, what, what are we dealing with? And you're like, all right, you're pretty... You're pretty she's, dope. She, she's she real dope. Me. By the way, I have not seen it yet, but tonight, <laughs> as we're recording this, she debated. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. She debated, yeah. yes, on the fucking whole vaccine passport thing. So I'm really excited for that because she's just, she's one of the people where at least, like, you know, like we all have this thing with just forget politics aside, agorism versus political action or any of that. But you know, like when you, when someone's like arguing your point. And you're like, I hope they fucking do a good job. Angela's one of those people where it's like, okay, I think she'll fucking do a really good job of like yeah. arguing this. It's not like one of those things where you're like, ah, I wish she would have said this or that. Or you're just like, okay, she's going to be really good at this. And I, I like that about her a lot. I mean, to be fair, the point she's arguing, I don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I like her too. And I think she's very competent, but it's also like, I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> Like this is yeah. what you're arguing. Like, but in, uh, but in many ways that makes it more important. Yeah. Yeah. In many ways that makes it more like okay, you gotta like hit him on this, this, and this, right? Yeah. You can't like ignore that because in those situations, if someone just does an okay job, you're like, no, 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 no. You gotta like actually fucking. And I'm I haven't seen it yet, but I'm telling yeah. you, I I could already tell you she crushed this guy. I, I can tell yeah, you that's a fact. I, I, I have a hard time imagining she didn't. Obviously, I haven't either because we've yeah. been doing this. And I think it was probably going on still while we were doing this. But uh, yeah, uh, not to I, I feel like I do sort of have to respond. This would be a whole like other episode or half hour. But I don't I feel like you'd be hard pressed to find anyone who disagrees with the message spreading thing. It's just more the vehicle you're using. And uh, and I mean, obviously, I'm probably one of the less cunty agorists. Uh, most of them get really Fair fucking enough. gay about this shit. But, you know, that's a whole so other maybe discussion. We'll, so we could discuss this some other time. But yeah. then, if you agree with that, then the, the the real crux of the argument comes down to after we have uh, taken and we own the fucking third political party in America, whether 
we're less able or more able to spread our message. And if that's your argument, then fine. If you're oh, saying, I don't disagree if, no, able, listen, so. if you're so saying that this makes no difference in my ability to spread the message, no, okay, it. then just watch. Then just watch what happens over the next year, two years, because it's going to be like, I'm telling you guys, I'm, listen, man. I don't even care. Triggering my autism. I'm trying to be like, don't go into a half-hour diatribe about no, another well, topic. Listen, I don't care. I'm going to. I'm triggering you, and then I'm going to blue ball your autism right after that when we leave. Yeah. But I'm just telling you that I kind of, I really enjoy the challenge in the sense that, like, uh, I, I think I'm going to convince all you guys. I, I'm not even talking about convincing you to join the party or vote or anything like that. I'm just trying to convince you guys to be like, yeah. That's fucking awesome what yeah. you guys are doing because it's going to be something really fucking cool. So yeah, I, watch I, I out think, for it. I genuinely think you will change a lot of minds. Uh, I'm trying not to be aspy and go deep into it, but I, I, my, my argument's not at all. If anything, I'm more have a long-term argument, and I might be wrong. Uh, and I'm not at all someone who says there's no benefit whatsoever political involvement. I mean, I have my orders of preferences within it, but all right, I'm trying not to go aspy. You stop fucking triggering my autism. I'm, I'm like <laughs> trying not to go deep into it. But uh, yeah, with that, <laughs> I, uh, this has been really fun. I'm really glad you came on again. This is fun. Uh, uh, but yeah, this has been uh, the No Way Jose uh, podcast. Uh, I'm on YouTube, on all the major audio podcatchers. I'm on Odyssey. If you want to follow me on Twitter at 2020 No Way Jose. Uh, if you want to support me, patreon.com says no way Jose 2020. I'll try to figure out the super chat issue for you guys later. I don't know if it was just because I didn't monetize it. I don't fucking know. You'd think I could figure out a way to be able to put it behind a paywall and fucking do super chats, whatever. I don't care. Uh, but like, share, subscribe, comment, all that shit for those people watching it later or now. Uh, with that, uh, we're out. I really appreciate you being here, Dave. So. No, thank you very much, brother. Really enjoyed it. Killing it. Oop.